already say, you know, I feel like this is our third service after our meeting. <laughs> I told Peter, I said, I feel like we just had a service. So for some of us, this is our third service. Amen. Has the Lord been good to you? Has he been good to you? Anybody wants to give God the glory? Everybody has, anybody has a testimony? Beatrice? Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. Amen. He's been doing awesome things in his people. What has the Lord done? Praise the Lord. Well, he's done a lot. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to give the glory to God for all he's done in my life. And I used to, you know, most of y'all know that I, I, the Lord healed me. At one time that she was doing the communion, he healed me from pain that I had all in my body. And he delivered me from pain pills. And, and now, you know, I've been on blood pressure pills for years, for years, because when I was 21, I, my heart gave out and I had died and came back. And then I had a, a stroke at one time and I was on blood pressure pills. But I believed and said, I'm going to be off these blood pressure pills. And it's been two weeks. And I have not taken no blood pressure medicine. And I check it every day and it's normal. I give praise to the Lord. No more blood pressure medicine. Thank you, Jesus. Just like that, uh, the ten men and one king, I'm that one. And to give the glory to God and to thank him for my healing. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. We serve the healer. Amen. Glory to God. God is good. A lot of things stirring in my spirit today. I got to be careful what direction I take. What time is it? You know, last Sunday night, who was here last Sunday night? I even seen like the kids touched in such a way, such a precious way, the little ones, the youth. Now, you can't put that together. The, that, the, just the power of God was present. And, and I know that you know, of those moments of being in the presence of God are going to carry your children are going to carry you the effects of these you know encounters with God set you up for what is ahead of you God is perfect he knows the beginning to the end he knows the end to the beginning and he only knows what's ahead and when you yield to him and when you seek him and when you surrender to him he does in you what you can't even do for yourself it is so powerful to yield to the presence of God because in that moment, God does what only God can do. You know, you're, 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 you're here in the presence of God, but God knows exactly what's next week. He knows what's tomorrow. You know, he's ahead, he get, he, he's ahead of us. And when we yield to him, that's why it's so important that when you're here, that you that you, uh, that you um, um, 
uh, uh, engage. Amen. That you engage. What do you mean that you participate? And yield to, to the presence of God. It has been in those moments that have been life-changing personally for me. Whether it be here at, at the church or at home. But the, 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 the key is to yield and let God have his way. Sometimes we, we, we struggle with that because we don't know what that's going to result in. We might look a little crazy. We might lose some eyelashes. I'm so glad your friend my, back, my friend. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord did something good for you last Sunday night. You were here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so, you know, a lot of times we don't want to yield because we might look ugly. We might not know what that's going to look like. Some cry, some scream, some stay stuck to the floor. And, you know, um, but it's, it's better to trust them than to try to be in control of, 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 of the situation. Let him be in control. Yield to him because he knows best. He's a good father. Amen. He's a good, good father. And so last Sunday night, as I was sharing with you, what, what is the knowledge or the revelation of the knowledge of, of who God is to you? You know, why it's so important to allow, allow uh, encounter, encounter and, and come to the understanding of, of, of knowing him. Because if God is going to do anything, anything in, 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 in your generation or in your community, in your family, he first must do it in you. Are you with me? It doesn't take everybody. It takes one. It takes one to say, God, here I am. If you're going to do it in anybody, do it in me. And, and, and like you hear me say a lot that, that what you allow God to do in you, it's not just for you. Your breakthrough is somebody else's breakthrough. Your victories are somebody else's victories. And at the same way, you're, you're failing or you're rejecting a, a God, a God from allowing him to do what he wants to do. There's lives hanging on that. So it's, it, it's better for you to get over yourself and say, what it, well, not everybody was here, but in the meeting we heard, God crushed the eye in me. God must crush the eye in me. And what about the you? And magnify the you in me. Let you arise in me and crush the eye in me. Crush the I in me and let the you arise in me. Crush the I in me. Say, Lord, crush my I and my two self I. Everything that needs to be crushed, crush it. Say it. And watch what you ask for because you might crush something that you're trying to hold on to. And that is why it's so important to allow God to use you, to allow, to, for you to live a, a consecrated life before the Lord. To allow God, you know, to, to fulfill his perfect will for your life. Because upon that, there are lives that are going are gonna, to, you know, come to know him because of that. There are lives that are hanging on, on, on your obedience to the things of God. 
How many of you believe that? You've, you've seen it to a certain extent, you know, with the people that you surround yourself with because they're either receiving from you or they're not. You're either leading them, you know, towards the things of God or you're not. But if you, if you have consecrated your life, if you're living that life of obedience and the people around you are being impacted more than you know. How many of you believe that? The people around you are being more impacted than you know. You know there's people watching you that you don't even know. You'd be surprised when it, if we travel or we go somewhere or even here locally, somebody would say, I was listening or I, I, I seen this or I heard you or I seen this. And I thought, these people are watching. But it's a good thing because when you're walking in the path of the Lord, you want people to watch. Because they're going to get impacted by your obedience to the Lord. Have you made up your mind and said, Lord, let my life be a display of your goodness and of your glory? God will help you. God will help you if, 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 if you know, you might, you might have a struggle or you might, you know, uh, uh, be dealing with something. But that's not the end of it. Keep pressing into the things of God. And let God help you. Let God work it out. One encounter with God will change your life forever. But it doesn't stop there. Amen. It doesn't stop there. And I want to I wanna stir your hunger up today. I want to stir your hunger up for the genuine things of God. Amen. I want to stir your hunger up in the things of God. And I got to, I see, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking out of my heart because if I, when I tell you to turn, that's going to be it. Let me go there. In, in, um, <laughs> praise the Lord. Let's, <laughs> in 1 Timothy 1, verse 12. What you let God do in you, he will do it through you. And God is not a respecter of person. Do you believe that God knew you even before you were even born? In 1 Timothy 1, 12, this is the testimony of Paul. And he said, and I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who had enabled me. For that he counted me faithful. Putting me into the ministry. Oh, Lord. Who was before, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor. You think you're bad? You weren't better than Paul. And a injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord, the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Say, thank you, Lord, for the grace, the empowerment to do what he's called us to do. And then he says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. 
that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. How be it for this cause I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering. Let me get my NLT because my tongue's twisting. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let me start at 15. This is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners and I am the worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive no life. All honor and glory to God forever and ever. He is the eternal king, the unseen one who never dies. He alone is God. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Something happened to the Apostle Paul. And it was his encounter and his revelation of Jesus Christ. You heard Peter said, if you were here at the meeting, that, you know, one, an awesome thing is that, you know, it took the Apostle Paul, the, he's considered the revelator. He's the one that brought forth the revelation of what happened at the cross. He's, he's the one that brought forth the revelation of Christ in us, the hope of glory. Not even the apostles that were with Jesus, but it took somebody that had an encounter with God that changed his life forever and I, I was telling Peter I said you know God is just so funny but he's he's awesome and he's perfect because he Jesus said blessed are those that have not seen but yet believe he it took somebody that hadn't seen him physically to reveal him but yet the ones that seen him God didn't use him for that isn't that something the power of an encounter with God. That's what happened to the Apostle Paul. Being one of the worst of the worst. And let me tell you something. If you're here before you gave your life to the Lord, you were not good. No matter how good you were. I have to make that clear because when I say one of the worst of the worst, we think that everybody that was, you know, had to be like that. But even without Christ, we were no good. But one encounter with God changes your life forever. And that need, you, need to, you need to keep yourself stirred in that. It's not religion that changes you. It's not a denomination. It's an encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The reality of Christ. The reality of our Savior. The reality of the mercies of God. The reality of God's goodness for His people. The reality of love. That's why the power of love, because how do you know that the Bible says in little John, how do you know that one has been translated from darkness into light for the very fact that he can love his brethren? You know, you're new and you can't even hate the person you dislike the most. It's not in you. You can't. 
You can't hate nobody. You got to love them because love is in you. And that's how you begin to realize, man, God has changed me. There's no hate in me. I think, you know, think, no, I don't think, but like, but it, you, you know what I'm saying? You, you first, our first witness of what God did on the inside of you, because it, 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 it though you can think of the worst individual and there is, you can, there's no hating you for that individual. You might not be BFFs and that's okay, but there's no hate in you. Why? Because I've been translated from darkness to light. And in this light, there is nothing but love. And it's, and it's, 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 it's that encounter with God. Look, let's look at his life. Something happens. You see, in Acts... And I pray that in this week's days coming up, you'll have fresh encounters with God that will take you to another level. Hallelujah. Fresh encounters with God that rise you up to another level. Hallelujah. And you acknowledge those encounters and you take the responsibility to see to it that you walk in that light of that encounter. Hallelujah. Even this church, we just had fresh, I mean, you heard me say, I feel like a, a fresh wind just blew of the Holy Ghost. But what, what happens, it awakens you to another level. And therefore, we have to take the responsibility to see to it that we go to another level. And can I tell you something? We're going to another level. We're go You're going to another level in your personal life, in your personal relationship with God, in your businesses, in your ministries, wherever the Lord has called you. You're going to another level, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God. You will take the responsibility to walk in the light of that encounter. I just have a, I just feel in my heart. I don't know if, if, if this is, um, don't mind her. She's just getting touched of the Lord. Okay. When a house is burning on fire, there's a lot of noise because the sirens and everything. And that's what happens when the fire of God hits somebody. It gets noisy, but it's, it's a good noise. Amen. <laughs> and so. I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. I really feel in my heart. I sense. I like to use the words Kenneth Hagan corrects and he says, you sense, not feel. That this month... God is going to, you know, the Bible says that God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his people. And then when, when I encounter the scripture in Ecclesiastes, where it says that, you know, God blesses the upright. Not only does God bless the upright, who are the upright? We are. But not those who just claim to be upright, those that are living upright. 
Those that are living upright. What, what, is, what is that? Those that are doing what is right. Because, yeah, nothing you can do can make you more righteous, but righteous people live right. And then it says in Ecclesiastes that, that you know, that, that there's a reward for the upright. And, and also it says the sinner has a job to gather up, to gather up. They're going to toil. They're working hard. There are things people are doing for you right now as you are serving the Lord. And Ecclesiastes, <laughs> see, because we can't take credit for what we work for. What you work for, you get, you, you work for it. Thank God that you have the ability to work. I'm not talking about that. Your paycheck is not a, it's a blessing because you, God gives you the ability to work. But, but, but you, they owe it to you. I'm talking about something apart from that, that belongs to the upright, that God says there's a reward for the upright and the sinner is going to do the work of gathering it up. And I believe that, that is, there's going to be a transferring of that this month like never before. And I pray it happens to you. To who, pastor? To you. Because I received that. I, I've been sensing like a, uh, and it's going to, and it's going to be, where's Josh? Is he here? It's going to be for his glory. But the sinner, you know, because we say the wealth of the sinners laid out for the just, that's true. Uh, 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 you know, a, a parent lives an inheritance for his children, his children's children, the wealth of the sinners laid out for the just, it is. And Ecclesiastes, it says that the sinner has a job of gathering and then they're gathering not for themselves they're going to transfer it over to the upright and I just sense in my spirit and I pray Lord you confirm this with miracle signs and wonders in the life of your people that you will be glorified. There's another level. And that's why I want to stir you up. Keep doing what is right. You know, everyone that rejected a promotion because it was going to take you away from the kingdom of God, may you see it come back to you in abundance and reward it unto you in Jesus' name. You turn down a promotion because it was going to take you from church. It was going to take you from kingdom business. And you turned it down. And you think God did not see that? May you see the reward of it this month come to you in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe that, say amen. There's another level. Look at you ever say, there's another level. Abraham said when they wanted to take care of him, 
for winning the battle, he said, mm -mm. let no one say they bless me, but the Lord. And when God does it, you can't explain it. And so, wow. Jesus. It's coming, Heather. It will be for the glory of God. It will not be unto your shame. It will be for the glory of God. Praise the Lord. You got to keep stirred. That's why you got to get, you got to keep stirred. Amen. You got to keep stirred. It pays off to get stirred. One encounter with God will change your life forever. Thank God for the encounter you had when you first came to this church. But there's, God is trying to tell you, hey, there's, there's another level. There's another level. Glory be to God. In, in Acts 9, it says, ver, chapter, uh, chapter 9, verse 1. Acts 9, verse 1. Glory to God. How many of you sense the presence of the Lord? How many of you are thankful God chose you? If you're here tonight, you're here for a reason. Amen. Hallelujah. It says, meanwhile, Saul, he was still Saul before the Lord knocked the S and gave him a P. A lot of things change when you encounter the Lord. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogue in Damascus asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them both men and women back to Jerusalem in chains. He was serious. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone, shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul responded, who are you, Lord? He acknowledged him as Lord. It's almost like he knew but then he did because it, 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 it goes on to say, when he said, who are you, Lord? And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. But in one translation says, why are you kicking against the pricks? Why are you resisting? Stop resisting. You ever felt like before you surrender your life, God said, just stop. 
Just surrender. You ever see people and you just tell them, yeah. Just surrender. Stop fighting it. God loves you. He has a plan for you. Why are you still fighting it? Give it up. Let go. It's like you know they know what they got to do. Because something powerful happens when you have an encounter with the Lord. It is the devil's worst nightmare that you get a glimpse of the goodness of Jesus. What happened to you, Chris, was the devil's worst nightmare. And to think you're just getting started. Had you all busted up. You ain't busted up no more. Look at y'all. You shining bright. That was the devil's worst nightmare. His best wasn't good enough. And I say that to all of you here. His best wasn't good enough. He did not only want to take you out. He wanted to take your family out. But you said hell to the no. And heaven, yes. You know, Cassie, he wanted to destroy your life. And then you met my brother. Not just kidding. <laughs> but you know, God is all powerful. And listen, it, 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 it takes nothing to live in the world. Nothing. You just go with the flow like everybody else. It takes courage to live for Christ. It takes courage to stand up for righteousness. It takes courage to open up your mouth and declare the goodness of God. It takes courage to not be ashamed of the testimony of Jesus. It takes courage to declare the goodness of God. It takes courage to be a witness that you serve the living God. It takes courage to say, I'm not, I love righteousness and I hate what is wicked. It takes courage to live a holy life. It takes courage to come out from amongst them unbelievers. It takes courage to be the one that stands out. It takes courage to say I'm not the same. It takes courage to say the old man has died. It takes courage. And I believe the apostle Paul seen that courage when Stephen was stoned. It did something in him. It does something in people to see the courage you walk in jail. It's doing something in people to know that they're out there and you're in here. They're watching. It takes courage to get up and go. It takes courage every day to make a decision to live for Jesus. It takes courage to say no when you need to say no. It takes courage to say yes. It takes courage to want to wanna please God and not want to please people. It takes courage because you might be alone. It might just be you. But when you have an encounter with the living God, when you have an encounter with God himself, you know <laughs> that all you want to, you don't care. You don't care. 
down. The God is going to continue to raise you up and cause you to be a mighty, mighty vessel of honor for the glory of God. It doesn't matter what age you are. Jemila, Desiree, it doesn't matter what age you are. You're going to surpass many people that have not taken it serious. Because Jesus is coming back. And we're all going to give an account. And I believe Paul saw, seen, seen it in a man called Stephen. Because right before that, there was a stoning of Stephen, a great man I want to meet one day. One of the mans that became a, I believe he was a first martyr. Was he? I don't know. But he was a martyr. Martyr. He died for the sake of the gospel. He was stoned to death. He was one of the only ones that Jesus, when he was being stoned, he opened up his eyes and the Bible says that Jesus stood up to receive him. A man that had courage, a man that had faith, a man that said, if I die, I die, but didn't compromise. You know, that, that, did, that did something in Paul. I believe that was like the beginning of, of God working. You know what you, you, you standing up. Every day you decide to draw closer to God or away. Every day that you have an opportunity to say yes or no. Think about it. When, what you choose is you're not choosing just for you. Where you go, you don't go just for you. In Acts, I told you I got to be careful. Look at Acts 6. You're going to look different. Because you're, 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 God is transforming you more and more. I pray that every time you walk into this house, you leave out of here with a different look. For the glory of God. I feel the fire of the Holy Ghost. How do you not change your life, Cassie? You were just thinking about it. What were you thinking about? I was just thinking about since I was little. And so I grew up with addicts as parents and I remember I didn't even know God but I would cry out to him like I did and I was raised like 
Catholic, you know, pray our father, pray this. But even then I would talk to him and I would just say, God, take me away from this. And I was just thinking about how he kept me. And I was introduced to drugs at the age of 12. And I was taken away from my parents. I was taken away from my mom and, you know, my siblings. They always had somewhere to go, but I was always the one that was counted out and left. But God, he loved me so much that I'm here. <laughs> and he kept me and he saved me and he set me free. And I was just telling Javier, like, I don't know, Friday or Saturday, like, I don't have no desire. Before, since I was 12 years old, until, like, I started coming to this church, I always wanted to do drugs. Like, I, I, I wanted, I always had this, I don't know, I was raised up around it. So I always wanted to do drugs. I always wanted, I had a desire to, when I met Javier, I met him, we are partying and, but ever since I came here, God just, he's so good. He set me free. And and I started, when I came here, I, I was broken. I didn't have one of my daughters. And he restored that. I got her back. And he just been doing so much. And I didn't even have a job when I started here. And now I, I started, when I first started, I got a job. I was making just $12 an hour. And now God has just blessed me with a good job. And I'm able to provide for my kids. And it's so much more. And it's just the beginning. And I just love him so much. And I owe him everything. And I'm just so grateful for him. And I, I, I I'm just ready for more. <laughs> Jesus. So, Jesus. So, Stephen was chosen to be one of the, the, the leaders. If you read in Acts chapter 6, it says, but as the believers rapidly multiply, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complain about the Hebrew-speaking believers. Sounds just like church today. Saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the 12 called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running food programs. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Everyone liked the idea, and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. For the distribution of the food. But yet a powerful man. Anointed. You can be a, whatever, you can be a, somebody, you can be an usher, you can be a parking lot assistant, and God will use you powerfully. Stephen was a distribution, a distributor of food. 
make sure that the widows were taken care of, yet he was powerful. And then it says in verse 7, so God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jews' priests were converted to. And then in verse 8, it says, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power. Listen, performed amazing miracles. You mean God will use the one that is, is making sure that the widows are taken care of? You mean God can use an usher in a powerful way? You mean God can use the parking lot assistant in a powerful way? These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall lay hands on the sick. They shall speak in new tongues. If they drink anything deadly, it shall not hurt them. These signs shall follow them that believe. Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. But one day, say one day, some men from the synagogue of of freed slaves, as it was called, started to debate with him. They were Jews from the Cyrene, Alexandria, Cilicia, and the province of Asia. None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. I pray that is your story. In the name of Jesus, as you continue to get full of the word of God, you will continue to grow in the wisdom of God. You won't even have to think about what you're going to say. It'll flow out of you. People will look at you and say, what? I was a medical assistant one time. Well, I was a medical assistant for like 15 years. And the manager used to call me in her office to ask me how things should be run. She called me in her office and she found herself in this predicament. She would sit, she wanted me to sit there and she would, she would tell me that there was a situation going in the office and, and, and what, what, what should I, and I, and I just said, well, don't, you're the manager. You call the shots. You tell, tell them how it's going to be done. And a light would hit her and be like, Oh, that's true. I'm making it difficult because I'm, she's like, I'm making it difficult because I'm trying to like give people, God put you in charge for a reason. Not God, but I mean, you, you were put in charge for a reason. There'll be a wisdom of God upon your life that will be out of this world. You're, the wisdom of God upon your life will make the wisdom of this world look Foolish. The Bible says that God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Hallelujah. And then it says, so they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen. They, they lied about him. Don't lie about you. Jesus said, don't get disturbed because they hate you. Remember, they hated me first. Jesus had to remind me that sometimes. <laughs> you know, 
serving God, being courageous comes with persecution. Be ready for it. But you got what it takes. You got what it takes to overcome. So they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen saying, we heard him blaspheme Moses and even God. This roused the people. Stay away from those rousers. The elders and the teachers of religious law. So they arrested Stephen and brought him before the high council. The line witnesses said, this man is always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. We have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs of Moses handed down to us. At this point, everyone in the high council stared at Stephen because his face became as bright as angels. People see courage. People Will, even the people coming against you, they will see it in you. And they know. They will know. Then the high priest asked Stephen, are these accusers, accusations true? And then this was Stephen's reply. His whole reply was a whole chapter. You can just read it, but it was like flowing out of him. Boom, boom. He, the Bible says be ready in season and out of season. Be, able, be ready to be able to explain yourself, the truth of the word. Be ready to properly divide the word of truth. He was like spitting fire, spitting words. And I can just see because they're staring at him in his countenance. I pray that as you stand up for God, God will cause your countenance to be transformed right before people's faces. And it'll bring such a conviction in their lives that it will cause them to back off. The Bible says that God will cause even your enemies to be at peace with you. Don't get caught up. Get be, let this be the month that you're going to be most caught up with God, that those that come around you are going to want to be caught up with God themselves. God will help you. You can't pretend it. People know it. The Bible says these we know are unlearned men, but we can tell they've been with Jesus. Something is different. And so he started spitting fire. And then in verse 54 of chapter 6, chapter 7, it says the Jewish leaders were in fury. In fury because he was bold. He was like, you stubborn people, you are heathen at heart. <laughs> he was telling them, for, for 51. Well, he, in 46, he was sp still spitting fire at 46. David found favor with God and asked for the privilege of building permanent temple for the God of Jacob. He started telling them the word that they should have known. But it was Solomon 
who actually built it. However, the Most High doesn't live in temples made by human hands. As the prophets say, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Could you build me a temple as good as that? Ask the Lord. Could you build me such a resting place? Didn't my hands make both heaven and earth? You stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did, and so do you. Name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one, the Messiah, whom you betrayed and murdered. You deliberately disobey God's law, even though you receive it from the hands of an angel. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusations, and they took their fist at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Right there. God knew. He knows everything. And right there, when he has all these accusers shaking their fists, he stood for the truth. He didn't compromise it. He knew it was going to cost him his life. The Bible says in Revelation, we defeat the evil one by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And they love their lives not unto death. That means they were not afraid to die. And it says, Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. He saw him and he told them, Stephen, look, I see the heavens open and the son of man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. He said it. Then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats. Their accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. Who was Saul? Not Paul yet. But he's looking at this. He's seeing somebody. He thought he was courageous. Paul thought he was. But here is a man Full of something different. And Paul was no chump. He was of the Pharisees, of the Sadducees, where they're, they're the most intelligent religious leaders. So he was not a chump. He was not just anybody. He was a studious man. He knew what he, he, you know, what he believed, and he was down for it. But he seen in Stephen a different type of something. People will see that in you. They won't see religion. They're not going to see churchy people. They're not going to see what they've seen before, even growing up in their ministry. They're going to see something real, something different about you. That's 
that did something. Can you believe that, Brother Chris? That would have done something, right? If you thought you were like the baddest, baddest, and then here's somebody like knows he's about to get stoned. And then he, he, he spits fire. And here's this intelligent man that is the worst of the worst. Consenting to, you know, go persecute and kill and destroy anyone, women, children, men that were of the way. That were followers of Jesus. But he encountered somebody that was, had, that showed him something different. They laid their, their coats we're about to take care of this guy. Everything the devil tries to do for you will only be a setup. Not just for you, but for your family and those around you as you choose to stand up for what's right. It says his accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they stoned him. Stephen prayed. I mean, come on. Is this real or not? Do you believe the Bible or not? Do we need to go get some stones and just uh, so you can get a better visual? Or is the Bible good enough? As they stone him. Man, you ever hit your rock, your foot or your toe in a rock? I said, God, may we have this courage to never compromise. If it costs us our life, let it cost our life for the sake of the gospel. But to cower down, never. There's a special crown only for martyrs. Not that I want one, but I mean, I don't know if I should have said that, but. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus. Hey, he heard that. Jesus, the one I'm, Jesus. Because he was just holding the coats. He was just there. Witnessing something different. A different type of courage. Jesus received my spirit. He fell on his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. And then 8 verse 1. It says, Saul was one of the witnesses and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. He did, but it did something in him. It did something in him. It'll do something in you to see somebody that has something different. It'll do something in people around you when they see that there is something different about you. And that is what God desires for each and every one of you. And I pray God will use you at another level as you increase your relationship with God, as you press in to know him. Even at a greater level, you won't have to explain it. People could tell. 
It's real. And then, then the Apostle Paul. The Bible says that immediately after this happened, a great wave of persecution began that day. That day, a great wave of persecution, it says, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers, except the apostles, were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning. It says, but Saul was going everywhere. It like made him more mad. Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. Re not realizing that this great persecution caused them to spread. And the spreading was not a bad thing. It was a good thing. Because it meant the spreading more of the gospel in different areas. So there's impact that takes place in people's lives through your life or you being impacted through the life of somebody that is carrying something greater than what you are carrying. That's what happened to some of us recently. It's not the first time. It just happened on another level. Amen. It, it, will, it will be what happens to you every time you, you come to this place. It won't be the same thing. It'll be different at another level. And it, it's all building us. And it's all transforming us for the impact that we're to cause. To be the witnesses that God has called us to be. One encounter with God will change your life forever. That is why what you allow God to do through in you, God will be able to do it through you. In order for God to touch people around you, he must first touch you. Lift up your hands tonight and just thank the Lord. Thank him for how far he has brought you. Thank him for how far he has brought you. You know, the theme for this month for me was going to be or is going to be a rise shine. I wanted to start it today, but I'm going to have to start it probably next week. Because this is going to be the greatest hour of the body of Christ to shine bright for the glory of God. I want you to take this time to thank the Lord for how far he's brought you, for the impact that he's, you know, that he's uh, done on the inside of you, for the impact that he's used you to cause, and thank him that even tonight, even tonight, it's going to intensify on the inside of you. His presence is going to intensify on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit upon your life is going to intensify. The Bible says, blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Come on, ask him tonight to intensify it on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Ask him to stir it up on the inside of you like never before. Thank him in advance for fresh encounters. Thank him in advance for fresh encounters. Thank him that you're not regressing. You're progressing. Thank him that this month is going to be a month of nothing but progression in your walk with God. Hallelujah. Thank him that you're ever being transformed into the image and into the glory of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory be to God. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. There are lives that are hanging 
on the decisions that you make. And you gotta, you gotta decide. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta decide that you're gonna go to another level of consecrating with God. That you're not gonna miss it. Hallelujah. You don't want to decide what it looks like to live like that. You want God to show you what it should be. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. If you think God can use somebody like you because of what might be happening in your life right now, you don't decide that. God can use, if God can use a donkey in the Bible, let God help you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. Praise the Lord. Fresh encounters, visions, dreams. There are gifts God put on the inside of you. And as you yield to the Lord, those, the, those, you're going to see the development of those gifts like never before. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So it is our responsibility to stir ourselves up. Amen. It's our responsibility. You know, Jesus said, abide in me and I in you. You know, he's saying that he's comparing our lives as the vine, a vine and a branch, the life flow comes from the vine. And so when we are connected to him and there are, you know, you know, we, we connect, you know, with Christ through our salvation. And so, but also what you have to understand is that, 
you know, with our salvation, God gives us the power to remain. But we have to take the responsibility to see to it that we, we stay remaining. And understand, my life, it, it, it comes from him. And so it's a responsibility. Say it's a responsibility. Say you, I have to see to it. Each and every one of us has to take the, the, the responsibility, but understand that with our salvation, we have received the power to be able to remain. That when you're, 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 you're you know, you're, you're being pulled, the power of God within you, as you take the responsibility, you know, to, to, make, to see to it that there's nothing going to separate you. That's what the Apostle Paul said. I am convinced. We got to get to that convinced level. And when we, when we understand that, then we're going to do every day what is going to help draw us closer to the Lord. That's why radical is the only way. That's why it's like on fire is the, the only way. There was only one charge with the Laodicea church. I know your good works. I know you're doing good. I know that you're helping people, but I have one charge against you. And that is that you have left your first love. What good is it to be helping the whole world? What good is it to be, you know, doing good things, but yet we left our first love. We're away doing good things, but we've left that, that love that swept us off our feet. You remember that? We have to make sure that we never leave that place. We're, at, we're as crazy for Jesus as when we first encounter him, if not more. That's a responsibility. That, my brothers and sisters, that, that, just, that, 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 that just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It doesn't mean, can you just, it will be nice, right? Like every day I'm fire, I'm on fire. Every day. No, no, no. We wish, right? We just like woke up like that. But it's not the case. But God has given us the power. That when we take the responsibility, no matter how we feel, we're going to take control over our feelings. I might not feel on fire, but I know I'm on fire. And I can really activate myself real quick to begin to do things that I know that are going to change how I feel. And that is taking responsibility. It is the best thing to go about your week in an in intimate relationship with God. And that doesn't result of you just hiding and not doing anything. There's a flow. Amen. But it's just you deciding, God, every, I acknowledge you every day of my life. I am conscious and I am aware of your presence. I am conscious and I am aware that I am a carrier of your presence. You are in me. And I know that I'm, you're, you're here with me. I know I'm, I'm at the workplace, but you're right here with me. By your spirit. You don't think that is going to help you? 
That'll sober you up real quick. That'll, that'll help you decide what is good for you and what is not good for you real quick. Being aware and knowing every day God is with me. I got to feed my spirit. I got to eat today. Yeah, I want to do this thing. I, I want to do this thing and, it, 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 you know, I'm going to have fun. But at first, I, got, I must do the important thing. When you take care of the important things first, it makes everything so much more funner. Anybody, can I get a witness? When you take care, come on, when you take care of important, you know, the spiritual priorities before anything, it makes everything else so much more fun. Right? It's like, I, I, first things first. And then when you return to the house of the Lord, it's like an eruption. Because you've been with him. You've been with him all week. Some come to visit him at the church. <laughs> I'm going to go visit, visit the Lord. But some show up and they know when they showed up, God showed up. <laughs> it changes everything. We got to live like that. We got to take that responsibility and know that we can. Because God has given us the power. The power of his spirit. We're born of the spirit of God. We got the nature of God. We got that new DNA. That's a powerful DNA. There's supernatural strength. But we got to take the responsibility to say every day, not my will, your will, Lord. And the greatest enemy you got to deal with is not the devil, it's your flesh. Like Brother Ram says, it's not the en enemy, it's the inner me. Well, it's not, I wouldn't say the inner me because the inner me is, is the spirit of God, but it's the outer me, maybe. This thing right here, the flesh. Because, see, the things of God operate from the inside out. So you're like a three-part spirit, soul, and body. And that is why it's so important that you bring your soulish realm, your mind, your will, or emotions into subjection to the word of God. And renew them. The apostle Paul said, don't be conformed to this world, but be ye being transformed by the renewing of your mind by the word of God. Because you're, you got to renew your, your, your soulish realm into the word of God. And so this is what happens. See, your spirit is perfect. But the, the, the problem is not in the spiritual realm. The problem is in the soulish realm. Is that it hasn't been renewed and it hasn't been brought into subjection to the, the will of God. But when you take the time... Uh, you know, um, uh, renewing your mind by the word of God, it renews your mind, your will, and your emotions, and it brings them into alignment with the spirit of God so that when you want to operate through the spirit, your mind and your will and emotions are going to say, yes, sir. When your mind used to fight you, when you wanted to do something right, it was out of the spirit, but your mind used to say, uh, no, you know, what about this? What about that? What about this? And how am I going to do this? And how am I going to do that? Blah, 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 blah. Well, because you invested time in renewing 
the mind, what you've done is you've brought your, your mind, your will, and your emotions in line with the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And now, when you decide a thing, a spiritual thing, your mind, your will, and emotions, it can, can fight you. It has to submit because it's been trained. It's been renewed. And that's where it comes easy to make the right choices. It's only a battle when you haven't took care of it. And then your flesh is like an, your flesh is slave. It don't tell you what you're going to touch, what you're going to, is it you're going to, you're going to, you're going to say, you're going to call the shots. Because before we, it just whatever, we wherever our feet wanted to go. Ahí vamos. Todas mensas and stepping into places because we couldn't help it. But now said, foot, you stay right here. I just gotta touch everything. Touch everything. Now it's like You know, it gets to a point where you don't have to just keep learning lessons by mistakes. Learn from the mistakes. And mistakes don't make you a failure. It, it just te teaches you what not to do again. But learn it and overcome it and don't go back to it. Conquer it. Don't go back to it. It takes responsibility. It takes spiritual strength. But you got it. You got what it takes because I've discovered that the devil don't play fair. And he just doesn't want to disturb you a little bit. He wants to destroy. And you have to learn how to shut the door to everything that smells like him. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And I see you growing spiritually, walking in spiritual strength to be able to do that which you ought to do that is going to cause you to impact those around you and bring glory to whom glory is due. And can I tell you something? As you progress and as you advance... And as the Lord take you to new levels, don't get comfortable because you ain't seen nothing yet. It's going to be so good that it's going to get you to think, can there be anything better than this? And you always tell yourself, there is so much more. And I'm going to go from glory to glory, from strength to strength and victory to victory until Jesus comes back. So this great level of victory we're in. It's nothing compared to that which is ahead. If you believe that, I want you to give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. Let's thank the Lord. I'm going to stop there. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. Father, we just thank you, Lord. I know it feels like cold turkey, like, ah. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for fresh encounters. Lord, we thank you that you've done more than we even know for us tonight, Father. We thank you that eyes have been opened, ears have popped, and Father, we have clarity. 
we we have vision father god thank you that we are father extraordinary people only because you put the extra in us thank you father god that we are vessels of honor Thank you, Lord, that wherever we go, Father, we bring impact. Thank you that we are revival carriers, Father God. We are the solution that people need, Father, because we are carriers of you.